What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Our Brains Hurt. This episode is brought to you by Punkbox. If you want a monthly subscription service to have anything you would find at a merch table at a punk show sent to your house, go to punkboxrocks.com. That's punkboxrox.com and sign up for their monthly subscription service today. You will get random items delivered to your house once a month that could include patches, buttons, stickers, CDs, vinyl, uh, shot glasses, coffee, koozies, any all sorts of cool shit that you would find at a, a merch table at a punk show. Randomly delivered to your house every month. It's awesome to open that box up every month. You never know what's going to be inside, but you know it's going to be awesome. So head over to punkboxrocks.com. That's punkboxrox.com. This episode is also brought to you by Merch Slut. If you're looking for official band t-shirts, these are official t-shirts that Merch Slut gets directly from the band or the label, not cheap knockoffs. Head over to merchslut.com. All sorts of band t-shirts from every band that you all like. And she has awesome accessories. In fact, she just has the, got those um, little Milo figurines in uh, from obviously Milo Aukerman from uh, Descendants. So, and she also has like Pop Funko dolls, all sorts of cool shit like notebooks, greeting cards. Head over to merchslut.com for official band t-shirts and other cool shit. And as always, check us out on all social media outlets at Our Brains Hurt and OurBrainsHurt.com. Follow me at the Caffeine Punk on Twitter and follow Matt at MattAlive13. Now, let's get to the show. Well, they needed a jingle for the stupid little show, so they caught up the Jasons and we said, Fuck no. Then they called us again and they gave us 20 bucks and we wrote them a song that said, You podcast Then they gave us more money and they asked us really nice and we finally gave in and we said, All right, I'll write you a song, but it's gonna be a clone of a screeching weasel song that we heard a while ago. So we wrote them a jingle and it sounded really great. It was the best little jingle that their pockets ever had, but the file got corrupted and the email didn't work. Now they're stuck without a jingle singing, I'll Forty-five. Yeah, I'm about one of these down already. So, <laughs> hell yeah! Welcome, welcome to our brains hurt. Our brains do hurt. We got one thirty-two a cult, cult down. I'm gonna get another one. Yeah. Oh, do they hurt? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say I've been dealing with um the reality of now having to pay for my daughter's college tuition. At first, it was all fun and games oh. as to where she's gonna go. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Now it's Shit just got real. Oh, shit got real. <laughs> shit oh, just got shit real. got real. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. You got another mortgage, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my the next plan of buying a truck this May might have just... <laughs> it might have just floated away. Taken a, <laughs> taken a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well... Well, in light of that and all the stupid fucked up shit that's going on in the world right now that's depressing everybody, um, I have a fun little story. Let's do it. So, so you know, you know how like it's hilarious when people like fuck up sayings. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, like I don't know if you watched like the Hawkeye 
series on, on like Disney Plus or whatever. You know, it's like a Marvel series. But mm-hmm. so I don't no, know if you watched watch that or not, but no. Just to just to you know let people figure out what I'm trying to say here. There's like a a part in that series where the one guy's like he likes to say these you know sayings or whatever, and then like his girlfriend and the daughter are like just laughing at him and they're like every time you try to do that you always mess him up and he's like what are you talking about he's like he's like you know uh what is it he's like distance or makes the heart grow older or whatever or whatever (laughs) instead of fonder yeah (laughs) you know whatever uh so my corner store guy when i went in to buy these 40s or colt well they're not 40 they're 32 ounce colt 45s yeah yeah he was like because you know he's like my neighborhood corner store guy he's Mm. this old pakistani dude yeah yeah, you know, he runs the bodega in my neighborhood. Um, so he yeah, he was like he was like, Oh, as he knows my girlfriend's he was like, Oh she came in last night and he was like, and I asked her, he's like, I asked her if if uh he was like, Whoa, where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? <laughs> She's like at home and he's like, Is is Matthew your Prince Charlie? <laughs> Prince Charlie. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I looked at him and I was like, I'm not even gonna correct him. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah so yeah so apparently yeah <laughs> he was like good old prince charlie and he was like yeah she said you were prince charlie and i was like that's, that's right awesome. prince charlie that's me <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that is perfect yeah it's like baby i might not be able to be your prince charming but i will be your prince charlie but i'll for sure be your prince charlie yeah it's <laughs> <Prince> charlie <laughs> You don't know nothing about Prince Charlie. What's up? (laughs) Prince Chuck. (sighs) All right. Well, we are talking to Houston tonight, right? Hobo Houston. Hobo Houston or Houston from Houston and the Dirty Rats. Yes. And we met him at the last pie shop show we did, right? We did. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, he's he tours a bunch and uh, he came through Fredericksburg here. And so I went and fucking hung out with him again and uh saw him perform live and uh, he is really really amazing he's a yeah he's a true performer that's cool yeah so if you see hobo houston or houston and the dirty rats coming to your town uh go see him and and tell houston that he's an amazing individual because he is yeah he's i remember talking to him i thought yeah. he was a pretty cool dude yes um all right i'm gonna let him in he's been in the room for a while so okay cool so what's up dude uh i'm doing pretty good i always tell well i tell some people and you're included in this group now that when i hear the audio come in that crisp i know i'm not gonna have to spend six hours editing only like two or three so it's very very awesome <laughs> i thank you sir <laughs> no i appreciate it i I've, i really like podcasts and i was like you know i gotta use a real mic because like i don't want it to be all yeah, like yeah. reverby like that's why i told you man i was like you can go phone if you want to most people do i was like but if you got a setup man feel free <laughs> what have you been up to uh what have i been up to um i'm actually uh we're about to record an ep my band uh, like nice. houston the dirty rats i know you probably did the interview or introduction mm-hmm. or i don't know but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i am uh, my bad but uh i wasn't this is actually i think it's like the second podcast i've been on so it's kind of cool nice. um but uh yeah we're about to go into the studio on monday and record a new ep that uh we'll probably have out on cassette uh this fall cool and then Fuck yeah yeah awesome all right have you did you already record like hobo houston stuff um kind of i 
I recorded some stuff while I was down in like this is kind of like on the down low, but I stopped in uh, I stopped in Sun Studios oh, while I was on nice. my acoustic tour and I like tracked some songs there. So I'm going to try and do something at some point, maybe oh, yeah. this year or next year. I forgot you. With, you uh, had told me that when you were in town. I think last so. Time. Yeah. yeah, we had that conversation and that's super fucking rad, man. That You re- tracked some shit at Sun Studios. Yeah, that is cool. How much does it cost to do cassettes? Um, cassettes are normally not too bad. I think like cassettes are, um, last time I did them, I think it was like a dollar or so per cassette. Oh, so really? you can sell them. Yeah. So then you can sell them for like five. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty good. Okay. You know? That's crazy. A dollar per cassette. D- to me, it seems like there would be a lot more work going into cassettes. <laughs> I, I think it, it depends how limited it is. Like if you do a run of 50, it's mm-hmm. probably more expensive. Yeah. But I think if you do like a few hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. like when when cds were like still relevant but starting to phase out and like you could get like 600 cds for like way cheaper than you could get 100 cds for oh yeah oh yeah 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 i remember i did uh when uh my when we did like the 100 shows tour which i'm sure you guys might ask me about later but when we did that we did like 2500 cds and it was so cheap because we like got bulk discs. Oh yeah. And like instead of like whatever, like a dollar something per like like all package CD, we just got the bulk discs and it came out to like 20 cents a disc. Yeah. Nice. It was like so cheap. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, That's right. Good old days. Yeah, we have a my band has a record that we're trying to put out, but like vinyl is uh, it's just so fucking expensive and it's taken forever now. So I'm looking like I don't want to do a CD, but I don't know. Cassette is definitely the way to go yeah. because you're right. The vinyl turnaround, like I'm going to press this EP that we're recording on Monday, which I guess I don't know where it went. I think, don't you guys air these on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be on Sunday night. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's out Sunday. So we'll be in the studio the next day. Cool. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're in the studio. Uh, we're going to be recording this EP and uh, it's going to be on vinyl but we don't get the vinyl till january of next yeah. year holy shit and like <laughs> you know like like so it's, it's freaking nuts holy shit <laughs> a whole my god damn yeah it's like we're gonna get it mixed and all that stuff i think by the spring and then we won't get it till january it's crazy wow is, that is crazy but the cassette what's the cassette turnaround like uh cassette i think it normally takes a couple months okay that's like, my chat like, like even a few weeks i think like yeah about maybe one month to like six to six weeks two months okay. you know yeah i'll look into that for sure there, yeah definitely man there's a I, yep maybe ron you should talk to that dude i wonder what dude <laughs> uh that dude who like hit us up about putting savage stuff on like cassette oh yeah 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 he seemed he okay. se- i've talked to him a few times i need to get back with him but he seems like a fucking really rad That's dude, right so. okay that's right. I wonder if it's uh, the dude from Lo-Fi DIY Records. Mm. He's in a. Uh, that sounds uh, really in familiar. That does sound. Yeah, really he's familiar. in wet. <laughs> he's in a, like a little bit of a shout out, but he's yeah. in uh, him and his wife run Lo-Fi DIY Records, and they only pretty much put out cassettes. It's, and they're in based in Charleston, I think, and they're super cool. It's gotta be. The, it's gotta be that. That sounds familiar, and like, yeah, it's. I gotta go back and look at the emails, but it's gotta be him. That, yeah. 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 Because uh, I think they knew you, Matt, when I when I was on my acoustic tour, because uh, um, they're all close with the Blitzkid guys. Okay. And I said, oh, like, 
and the Jasons because West Virginia. And I said, do you know Savage Remains? And they were like, yeah, I've heard. I I saw Savage Remains. And I said, I'm friends with Matt, you know, the singer. It's got to be them. It's got to be. I got to go back and look at the fucking man. I sure. Yeah, (laughs) I so need to get back up with that dude. Wait, I don't know. I don't know if that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're they're Charleston, West Virginia, right? Yeah, not yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. It makes it makes way too yeah. much sense. Way it's too. A, much. It's such a small world out there. <laughs> it really is, man. Honestly, when we met each other, that was I couldn't believe that we hadn't known each other. Before I, I mean, either. Because, well, well, actually, I think Matt, you and I were already Facebook friends, but had never yep, met in that's person. Right. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. That's funny. Yeah, it happens. Like I'll go to shows and I'll be like, why does that guy look familiar? I'm like, oh shit, I know him and his kids from Facebook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know you, yeah, but that. we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I would like to uh, thank Susie Moon for uh, reuniting us. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or else we might have never met. Right. Yeah, that was a rad show. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're in Pennsylvania, right? Or New Jersey? Uh, I am from New Jersey, but okay. New Jersey is really expensive. So yeah. I live over over the Delaware River. OK, yeah, <laughs> in gotcha. Pennsylvania. Cool. Where you so you grew up in Jersey? Yeah, I'm a Jersey boy. Ed. All right. What part? Um, so I pretty much, uh, I grew up in, what is it? Phillips <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, and it's, uh, like a little farm town that's, uh, right outside of Easton, Pennsylvania, where they make cra- uh, Crayola crayons, like a, and baseball a Crayola bats. factory. Uh, maybe Easton. I, don't know. Yeah. I thought that was Kentucky. Okay, Kentucky is a uh, Louisville Slugger, and yeah, Louisville Slugger. Pennsylvania makes the Easton bats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Easton bats, yeah. right on. And then uh, there's also a, a famous boxer that my brain farts, but he's from uh, Easton. I can't think. Uh, Pen- uh, Holmes. What is it? Something. Uh, it's not. Okay. Um... <laughs> I know his son or uh, his a uh, grand nephew, maybe. I know okay. Pentley Holmes, but something Holmes. I don't know. Was he the yeah. dude? Did he fight Tyson or is he older? I think he might have. We have Google, right? Which yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs> if, there, if only there was a way. Ah, uh, yeah. If, there is, too, if only there is a way to find out. out. <laughs> I'm gonna find out right now. Yeah, you find out. Boxer from Easton. Oh, Ronnie. Yeah, Easton. Easton, PA. Oh, Ronnie Shakes is on the case. I'm on it. Ronnie Shakes. <laughs> I saw. I saw you change your name on Twitter to Ron Shakes. That's Ron great. Shakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. Yeah. yeah. yeah th- uh, he's from Easton and that's like a big deal. And then uh, the Creole factory. And that was like the city when I was growing up because uh, the Lehigh Valley is like all these suburbs of Allentown, PA. Mm-hmm. And like Easton's one of the cities and that whole in Bethlehem, PA. And the only New Jersey city that's considered part of Lehigh Valley is Phillipsburg, New Jersey. So, okay. cool. <laughs> and our and our football team was called the State Liners because we were like right oh, on gotcha. the state line. <laughs> the State Liners. Yeah, it's a nice area up there. Uh, it's really cool. It's, yeah. it's getting more, uh, I guess, like commercialized yeah. and gentrified. But when I was growing up, it's like was a real like farm town. Yeah, it's cool. You know? Not Allentown, though. Allentown sucks. <laughs> Oh, Allentown's rough. Allentown's a rough area. Is it? Yeah, Allentown, Allentown PA. Uh, actually, like I played a show for uh, I think it was around Christmas of 2018. 
and I almost got shot. Like a guy came into the bar Damn. and started like sh- like like firing gunshots at, at the Holy ceiling, shit. and then everybody everybody scattered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like scatter. Damn. <laughs> That's some Baltimore shit right there. Yeah, no, no, like, that's Allentown shit. <laughs> and this this dude, this dude that was my roommate at the time, um, his name's Joey Pip, and uh, he used to be the drummer for Hub City Stompers, the ska oh, band yeah, yeah. from New Jersey. And uh, Joey Pip, he's like a big dude. He's like six two, bald, got a beard. Yeah. Like looks looks like he's from like uh, what's that show? Like I can't think of it, but uh. Like, he just looks like a Viking dude uh. and freaking he jumped over this like eight foot fence. Like, he was just like, I'm getting out of here, man. <laughs> see, see, Ron, here's the difference between Allentown and Baltimore. In Baltimore, you do that. The cops have the place surrounded in about three seconds and people yeah. are getting their heads beat in. Right. In, in Allentown, the guy just stops shooting and sits down at the bar and orders a whiskey. And everybody just <laughs> yeah. kind of looks over and is like, you done? And he's like, yeah, we're good. And they're like, okay, back to normal. For now. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'll pour, I'll pour myself this whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, okay, everybody all right? Right? All right, cool. Go back to your drinks. <laughs> How far north of Philly is that? Um, like we half were an about, hour, 45 minutes? It's like west of Philly. No, no, we were about an hour and 45 minutes okay. from Philly, I believe. Maybe an hour and a half on a good day. Gotcha. That was one of the reasons we're like, now I'm like just outside of Philly, yeah. like in Chester County. Okay. So that's a lot better because, uh, you know, I Philly's where like the Mecca is, you know, uh-huh. Philly, you know, you have Delaware, uh, Maryland, yeah. uh, DC. Yeah. Like that's where everything's happening. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Philly. I lived in Philly when I was a kid for a couple of years. Uh, it's it's cool honestly i've been to like uh i've been to like all 48 states and honestly like philly is my like favorite city next to of course like minnesota is great and texas and stuff like that florida but in the northeast (laughs) philly philly just it's why does philly exist it's just so awesome you know you have the museums the good music scene yeah Uh, that for sure Cheesesteak. Philly has, That's a, right. has a good music scene, like especially in when it comes to punk rock. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. Yeah, that was where I first saw my first uh, post-COVID show at Mil- really? Milk Boy. Uh, oh, Milk Boy. Dolly Rots. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that last show. Last September. Yeah. Um, yeah. Philly, my wife's from Philly. And like I said, I lived there for a little while. So um, she has a lot of friends still and, and family in Philly. So it's a cool city. It's got like the big feel of New York, but like that small kind of like, I don't know. It seemed it's like a mix between Baltimore and New York, like the best of both of those cities. And then that's kind of like Philly. Yeah, I think uh, the coolest thing about Philly is that the term they always say that it's like a city of neighborhoods. Yeah. And I know that I know that Manhattan can be like that when you're in Brooklyn and the Bronx mm. and all that stuff. But when you're in Philadelphia, you never really feel like you're in the city. Like oh, yeah. you're driving along the Pennsylvania Turnpike or 95 and you see all these skyscrapers and the, the fo- like the football stadium, the hockey stadium, all this stuff. And then you're standing there on the street and you're just almost confused. You just feel like you're in <laughs> like somewhat larger of a town, but not this yeah. giant like Mecca of a city. Yeah, totally. hey, it used to be the nation's capital before D.C. was. That's right. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And then they moved it for uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? 
Some, uh, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I should know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought I remember you were kind of a history buff, man. Yeah. So, uh, so I was trying to think. Was that, that Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. I might be. I for the life of me, I could. I think it was partially to bribe him. Fucking moved out. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. <laughs> I could be totally right. No, I, 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 think, I think you're on the right, the right track, actually. Yeah, I lived in Packer Park when I lived there, which is like the Italian neighborhood. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, yeah. Right on. South Philly. South Philly is yeah. awesome. That's where I spent most, have spent most yeah. of my time because there's uh, a cool like house venue called Hustle House right now, okay. and uh, it's close to the Century Bar, which is like a super duper dive bar. Okay, they cool. do shows like especially before COVID. Um, there was this bar that sadly is no longer with us called the Tusk, which okay. was in the Woolly Mammoth on South Street. Okay. And uh, it was above. It was kind of like so you had the Woolly Mammoth. It was like a, a sports bar right on South Street. And then you'd walk these up these stairs to the second floor and they had a small punk rock venue. And it was awesome because I tried to work with like punk rocks spots that are just dives that don't have room fees you know they don't have a lot of stuff where sometimes it's it's hard when you're an independent touring band or you're booking touring bands when like you have to pay a sound guy door guy all that stuff so it's cool to have this little intimate dive bar where you can just it's a straight up door deal like bruce springsteen back in the day they get the liquor they get the liquor you get the talent (laughs) like you get like you you get the door like (laughs) i mean it's kind of how it should be (laughs) honestly yeah i mean there are great spots like uh right uh where you live matt uh in fredericksburg you have the rec room they they run it like like an old school they do they do do. and uh i'm uh i'm i'm love or the rec center center, center, yeah i'm i'm Uh, loving that uh my buddies rory and harry are are kind of trying to keep like for real punk rock you know alive here yeah cult xv yeah you can for anybody listening you can look up they have a group on facebook Mm -hmm. for shows happening in the fredericksburg area and they have a facebook page well it's it's like fredericksburg dc or dc richmond yeah the the 95 corridor between between dc and richmond but based out of fredericksburg yeah they're doing good work you know like for this area like there's not a ton of people in like northern virginia which is where we live um that are really trying to keep like an underground scene alive here um there's just i mean it does exist but there's just not a ton of people because there's so much money here and like government workers and and like that kind of atmosphere doesn't really breed punk rock no um so it's nice to have some people who are trying to keep like the real real underground alive uh in new jersey that's the way it is with uh the mill hill basement it's in our state capital of new jersey uh trenton yeah and the mill hill basement is honestly the only underground mecca left in new jersey there are like some some house spots you know like little bars that do shows but the mill hill basement has been around for i think over 20 years i think it started in the early 2000s yeah and it's just keeping it alive you know that's fun yeah every t- everybody who i talk to that's from that area like I remember I was I was hanging out with a uh, Crip Keeper Five, and they were like, "Yeah, they're like, dude, if you ever come up to the area, you have to play Mill Hill Basement, like, just you know, raving about it. Seems like a cool place." Uh, Johnny Ott from uh, awesome. the the Crip Keeper Five, he's a saint, you yeah. know. Johnny Ott, 
Um, he's such a talent. Like he, in so many ways, is is such a staple within the Trenton, New Jersey, yeah. Central Jersey scene because he's this amazing. He's an amazing graphic artist, and he yep. does these beautiful posters. And then the Crypt Keeper Five has been around, I think, for over twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they, I think they started in ninety seven. Yeah. So like uh, over twenty years, yep. and they also have almost put out an album every year. So they're one of the most prolific bands. Yeah. Like, like. That one of the most prolific bands from New Jersey you never heard of. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And they've gone through such a transformation too. But like, you know, it's not in a bad way though. Like you you could see you, you know, because they used to be like straight up horror punk, like when they first started. Yeah. And now yeah. they're they're, you know, uh I, I don't know, you know, they've evolved. Rock. Yeah, they've evolved, evolved and they're evolved. And every step of the way, they've been rad. I mean, I remember what, what my band was on tour. I was in this band called Shorty. It was like a three-piece pop punk band. And we toured Florida like in, I think it was 2000 or 2001. And on one of our off nights, like Crypt Keeper 5 and the Independents were playing at some place in Cocoa Beach. Naked naked time. Yeah, yeah we, were, we, were touring with, uh, we were touring with Stick Shift. Shout out Stick Shift. Naked um, Time. They had, they had an time. album called Naked Time. It's Naked Time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and we, we, you know, we hung out with uh, the dudes from the Independence and became I became good friends with uh, with Will and Chris or Evil, whatever. But um, but Crypt Keeper 5 was playing that night, too. And it's like, you know, Every year since then, you hear of them. You hear like what they're what they're up to. They just been around forever, and Johnny's got around. such a crazy, awesome voice. Like, uh, so good. We gotta get him no, on the show. Really... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Houston. I gotta. I've been meaning to say something, and I keep getting distracted. How you green room? Green room. You're in a green room. Your whole room is green. <laughs> yeah. Did you That's paint awesome. it that or did or did I? Like... I did paint. I yes. did paint the room green. Yes, I love. Yeah, I did. Is that like? Is that like a room in your apartment, your whole apartment? What is it? Um, it's my office. Oh, and uh, yeah, and it's like the whole room. Yeah, it's is like uh, awesome. what is it? Is an apple green? A green yeah, it is apple green. green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole fucking room. It's amazing. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I can't even see your cup when you drink out of it because it matches the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's such a kick-ass room. Like, it is no yeah. right on no uh it's funny i i normally dress all in green kind of yeah. like uh because i always would joke that a lot of my friends they all wear black yeah and i slowly just anytime i wanted something i would just buy something that was like olive green and before i knew it everything i owned was green <laughs> so <laughs> i am the little green man in the green room oh yeah dude i love olive green like when i when i buy clothes like olive green shirts and sweatshirts it's the way to go. It's true. I named my daughter Olive. There you go. I know. I, I still, you win like a trophy for like next to seven, you know, like a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Best name ever. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I bought uh, I was, Frankie, uh, not Frankie, Francis brother, Johnny Ott wrote or made those um, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein pictures a little while back. And I bought some and I just had them framed. I got to figure out where to hang them up. I'm going to make like a studio in my basement eventually. Um, get out of my mother-in-law's house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm only here. I'm only here to podcast. So I don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair got Ron canceled from his own basement. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, have a, I have a beagle who uh, 
Sounds oh, like Ric did, Flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Ric Flair actually complain about your beagle? <laughs> no. Rick, I heard about that. You and you guys made the T-shirts. Got, yeah, he got. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he won't he won't stop barking or wooing when Ron is down in the basement trying to podcast. So the neighbors. Yeah. Because it's too yeah. loud. So Ron, yeah, he oh, doesn't, okay. I, don't, I have to give him full attention when he's around me when I'm not. He just sits there and woos. Matt does it the best. <laughs> do, give him do the woo. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> sounds like he, that's what it sounds like. He does. Yeah. Uh, so I, I go to my mother-in-law's house, who lives like three blocks yeah. away, and podcast. Now. Ron's podcasting from his mother. That's why you see the nice little curtains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a very quaint room. It is, and I have to water one of her plants every time I'm here. So. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, you know. that's the deal, Ronnie Shakes. She gives me a room to podcast, yeah. so I water it. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll be sleeping with the seven fishes. <laughs> Give you some cement shoes. That's right. <laughs> you didn't water my plan. What are you doing to me? <laughs> what was the punk scene like where you grew up, or was there one? Or, All right. Or so... like, how did you eventually? How did you? How did you get into punk rock? All right. So I can I can. This is an interesting answer, I'll say. So um, I'll answer how I got into punk rock first, because I am fairly young to kind of even experience it, you know, like from the radio or anything. Um, So I actually I, I started playing Guitar Hero because I was I was like 13 years old. We all had video games. PlayStation 2 was really big back then. And I really liked the one character whose name was Johnny Napalm. And in like the little manual pamphlet, it said that he was punk rock and all the songs in the video game. I really liked that he would play like, like I think he played Ramones and uh, there's also a uh, fat lip by some 41 and stuff like that. And I asked my father what punk rock was. And I remember my father saying that, well, you know, it was something back in the 70s. There was a band called the Ramones and the Sex Pistols. And then after some Google searches, I started finding it and I thought it was really cool, mm-hmm. you know, and and some 41 was my favorite band for a number of years. And then I found out that some 41 was a no effects cover band when they started. Like, oh, guess, were they like, really? Just, yeah. Like in the garage, you know, okay, just like yeah, we'll yeah. learn some no effects songs and yeah. just, you know, whatever. And apparently to Wikipedia, who knows if it was true. <laughs> but anyhow, I clicked on no effects and then I discovered my favorite band. Yep. And that changed my yeah. life because then through Fat Mike, I discovered everything. Because yep. yeah. Fat Mike would talk about bands and in interviews. I'd look at Fat Mike's T-shirts. I'd listen to all the Fat Records bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like through Guitar Hero and then through Fat Mike, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got into punk rock and somehow found it and then the local scene was kind of interesting so there's this movie theater in washington new jersey which is about uh 30 minutes or so from phillipsburg new jersey Mm -hmm. and washington had this old rundown theater that was that this kind of creepy looking dude kind of looked like a younger version of the crypt keeper with maybe a better a better a better haircut like he kind of looks like a rapist but you never know what a rapist is gonna look like so like like, like honestly like when, when i watch all this stuff you know with feminists they're like it could be that captain of the, of the yeah. football team could be right you know but anyhow this guy just looked questionable looks like a character out of a john waters movie yeah. and he ran the theater 
And he started doing like live music in this little room. Like mm. there was like in like the kind of this little corridor thing. What this is a small room. It was all cinder blocks. He had a stage built and I was in high school and this these like older guys that were like seniors, I think. And I was like a sophomore or something. And they were talking in the hallway about how their bands were going to play. And I just I was. I, I looked and I was that you guys have a band? Well, like you guys, you guys play music because for the longest time I had tried to start bands, yeah. you know, learn about like just let's like like find like people, whether it was like local or anything, just try and have a band never materialized. And I didn't think anybody had a band locally. And the, these guys like shout out to Mike Gabriel and Aaron Brown. Nice. Mike Gabriel was in a band called Quarter After Four. It was like a Blink-182 type band that no longer exists. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Aaron Brown had a band called The Soviet. that was kind of like really like artsy, indie, kind of like U2 meets Gaslight Anthem. Mm -hmm. You know, gotcha. um, and anyhow, so Aaron and Mike, we're talking about how they were going to the Washington theater. And I was like, what's that? And they, they gave me the info and my mom actually drove me to the Washington theater that night. And then I discovered this whole little scene, you know, and very small, very mm -hmm. small, like maybe only like 30 people, but like bands were playing there and booking shows. And the most notable person is uh, kind of like a New Jersey icon. Uh, he was in a band called the Oy Scouts okay. and his name is uh, Gabe Zander. And Gabe's a piece of work, you know, like uh -huh. Gabe's kind of like, I'm Gabe Zander and I live in the woods in a little shack and I fend for myself and I'm on the Appalachian Trail. And it's just a hoot. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. And he was the bass player in the Oi Scouts. It's his claim to fame. Mm -hmm. They do reunions every now and then. They were like a pogo street. Punk such band. a caricature. But oh, such a caricature. <laughs> yeah. Gabe. Gabe is so beyond like. <laughs> You can't. He's. It's hard to even describe. He's like if South Park was a person yeah. and somehow raised in the South, or like I guess the 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 deep the deep woods of Susquehanna, yeah. New Jersey. I don't know you, Gabe, but, but I already got respect for you, buddy. So shout out to. You. <laughs> oh man, you could give that guy like a butter knife, and he could probably skin a deer, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> with his bare teeth, you know, like. Uh, but anyhow, um, Gabe was like a huge staple in the scene and there was this band called like anti-citizen and they were kind of like a crusty street punk band and i had some friends in that and i honestly just played open mics for a while i just had i had an acoustic like like kind of i kind of did the hobo houston stuff and um people just knew me as houston and that's also partially why my band was called houston the dirty rats because i played these open mics mm -hmm. for about five years or so just kind of going to the washington theater you know yeah, and I think that's I guess my scene, you know, the other cool thing is uh, blank 77. Yeah, uh, who I think you guys are running a show for. Yeah, soon. Yeah. Some of the members live pretty close to me. OK, I think that the drummer and Mike Blanks himself uh, live in the Lehigh Valley. So okay. like so I they would actually sometimes just show up at the our little pissant punk shows. Mm -hmm. And there would be the drummer from Blank 77 way back when like podcasting was new. Yeah. He handed out like flyers for his I think it was called like uh, pretty vacant radio after okay. the Sex Pistols song. I don't know if it's still a thing. And then uh, there's this guy, Andrew Bedlam, that I think I met there. And he uh, has a thing called Pogo City Radio. And he's in a band called uh, One Sided. Cool. It's like from that whole area. And 
Yeah, I guess that's what I've seen. No, this is kind of cool. Is go to show. There's Gabe Zander. There's Mike Blanks, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're like, wow, these are like people that are important. And we're just like, <laughs> we can barely like play instruments. You know? <laughs> um, it's funny. I just got a text from the drummer of Blank 77 today. Oh, right on. He's a cool dude. Chad. I feel bad that I don't. Chad. Chad yeah, that's yeah. his name. Chad. And then his wife, Thora, is super cool. Okay, cool. Um, I remember she was really because I was a child and they were really nice yeah. to me because I was about, you know, 15, 16 and they were super friendly. They were always been like uh, the blanks. They're great. people, yeah, yeah. You know, Renee, you know, the, yeah. This, hey, this is Chad drummer from blank 77. I'll be bringing my drum set to the show. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's very concise. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, to be fair, like the the uh, the pie shop, you know, asks certain questions for certain things because like, yeah. you know, they they, they have a crazy backline. Yeah. And they have actually a pretty good drum set there. And yeah. like, if everybody wants to use it, they'll set it up and switch it for like every band. So, yeah, at, that place. I, I still the, the sound there, the work that the sound people put in at the pie shop is not something you find in the punk mm-hmm. rock world very often very true yeah it's a it's a great sounding menu yeah well, yeah shout it, out rick irby the sound dude yeah He's, but they just put in the work bro. for all the bands yeah and who's the door guy he was for that guy is Everybody knew him. <laughs> yeah the door guy was so cool yeah. man oh oh you have no idea how cool that guy is <laughs> 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 that dude fucking kicks ass man yeah <laughs> right on <laughs> He's the he's the best security guy ever. <laughs> yeah, he's really funny. I because when I was doing shows back before we were doing podcast shows, I was doing them for the record label, and he was always there. Um, and I'd always like give him T-shirts and shit. He's a really really cool guy. Yeah, it's funny you mention him because <laughs> see he does he gets around like he's he's quiet at first, but then like as the night goes on, you know. Well, yeah, it's because you know he probably sneaks some drinks here and there, you know, or, or whatever else. <laughs> get you a guys shot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just wild because I just remember you guys were doing the whole podcast session with the Wheels and Susie Moon, and anybody listening to this, you can listen to that show. Yeah. It was pretty hectic, <laughs> and yeah. uh, because they actually filmed it live at the pie shop, yeah. it's pretty wild, <laughs> pretty fun, and um. It was just neat because by the end of it, you know, you had members from uh, like the uh, the run the shredder, you know, that dive bar. Right. It's called the shredder, right? Right. Am I screwing that up? Is it called the shredder? Which one? The in D.C. It's called the shredder. Slash right? run. Slash run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally screwed yeah, that up. Right. But anyhow, <laughs> slash shred. Shred. It's all good. <laughs> shred. No, I think the shredder might be in like Oregon or freaking. Okay. It's probably like, Oregon. Uh, yeah, it's probably. I, I've heard it's it's a like a Pacific Northwestern venue, but anyhow. But the Slash Run, yeah. those people are super cool, yep. and they they showed mm-hmm. up like we were hanging out with the freaking door guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a whole blast. Yeah, it's a good time. You gonna you gonna try to come down for that for the Blank Seventy Seven show? Yeah, I'll be there for the oh, Blank cool. Seventy Seven. Right. Awesome. Fuck yeah, man. Hell yeah, Jason's again. Blank Seventy Seven. You're play- snipped. Are you you're playing a show at the Jasons here coming up soon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm playing Friday the 13th oh, in uh, Wilmington. Del- the bar Bar 13? Bar 13, nice. another great bar. What, uh, what, what month is that again? It is uh, May 13th. Oh, man. Oh, that might have to be a birthday present to myself to come up there. 
Yeah, I thought I invited you and in, uh and Red to see if you guys wanted to come on. Yeah, my birthday is the ninth, and I can't really think of a better way to spend my birthday than four <laughs> days later on May on Friday the thirteenth, fucking coming to see not just one but two bands that are fucking friends of mine. So <laughs> yeah, even if uh if you don't want to get a hotel room, you could totally crash at my place, you know, because you put me up when I went to Fredericksburg. So love to return. Well, to thanks. I, I mean, I I absolutely appreciate. That. I live like I live about thirty minutes from Bar Thirteen. So <laughs> well, yeah, I'll we'll have to talk that one over to see how much like. Yeah, we'll do that in the in the private. Message. We'll drink it. <laughs> how much? <laughs> how much uh, alcohol red and I want to consume if it happens? If we can. Yeah, you could even ride in our van. We could make the 30 minute drive. I don't know. <laughs> is that a Ronin show? Horror Punks USA? Yeah, Ronin's okay. awesome. Yeah, he is. He's rad. such a friendly guy, yeah. honestly, because another person we I, have to get on the show eventually. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. dude. I I didn't know Ronin that well. Uh, Dickie Devil. I think he also goes by his stage mm-hmm. name. And uh, I didn't know him that well. But I just sent him a message and kind of just said who my band was, what we've done, like the touring and all that stuff and he was like oh dude i have some perfect shows and he just he threw like the jason show and some other ones and i was like dude we'll we'll totally play this jason show you know hell yeah yeah he's a good dude he's very enthusiastic and he works his ass off for uh you know local bands and stuff it's pretty cool yeah he's really keeping the delaware scene like for at least for punk rock alternative music alive right now because delaware it's kind of rough since the 1984 is gone and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think he has a really good relationship with the people that run bar 13. Yeah. And he's just really keeping stuff alive there. I played my band played at this place called the audit. Oddity, Oddity bar. bar. Oddity bar. Yeah. 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 That, that play, I think that was next to the 1984. Yeah. It was like around really the corner close. or something. Yeah. 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 We played there. It's once. cool. That, that plays awesome. They had that weird stuff. Yeah, like, really weird or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 They have all the, the taxidermied stuff. Yeah. 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 Pickled pig's feet. Oh, they got, <laughs> and pickled, they got like, pickled pig's feet. Oh, like, like you yeah. go to the oddity bar and it, it's it's almost there. There's like it, it's pretty much almost an oddity shop that has. Oh, a my bar. God. Like, Does this place yeah. still exist? You know? yeah, 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 it's right in Delaware, I, dude. It's weird. As I hell. need to go you to this go. place. I have to go to this place. I, I want to eat pickled pig's feet. <laughs> yeah, it's almost <laughs> it's it's very similar to almost be this like occult dive bar you know? yeah it's, it's really wild that's that's the best part of like touring in the midwest is when you play like smaller like venues dive bars and stuff like that is like going in and seeing what they got that's in jars pickled behind the bar that you can ah. <laughs> my favorite part <laughs> i can't i can't do that shit man. oh i love it so much i love pickles I- that's it <laughs> But nothing else pickled. <laughs> it was funny. I went to Legoland with my dad when I was like 12 years old oh. and I got a haircut and the barber had like a rubber ear <laughs> in like a pickled jar. And he was like, you better not move, kiddo, or else this will happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, was looking at this, this ear floating in fluid. I'd be like, I'd be like do you sell those? Yeah, Matt. Because <laughs> like, like, I'm hungry. Is that consumable? Yeah, Matt, yeah, that's a Matt question. Can I eat that? <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah, I eat that. And is that being pickled or is that something else? Yeah. Is that formaldehyde or pickled cheese? <laughs> oh, it, oh, oh, it's a human ear. Even better. <laughs> toe ear, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the old sour toe. 
<laughs> Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> uh, the, the abbreviated version is in the Yukon Territory in Canada, Western Canada, a mm. uh, little city called Dawson City. There's a shot you can go take at this little downtown saloon place uh, that has a human toe in it. You don't consume the human toe, but there's a there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> history to this thing. But yeah, you take the shot and you have to tip it up and let the toe tumble and touch your lips, and then it's like a yeah. And they're on like their twelfth toe now or something like that. Yeah, that's so. Look, look it up. It's a great story. I mean, because well, somebody ate oh, it once man. and he got charged more, with cannibalism. Well, more than once. More. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's only been one person who has ever purposefully consumed the toe. Um, and he didn't get charged with cannibalism. He the, the fine at the time for consuming the toe was $500. And the dude knew that. And he walked in there, did it, slapped $500 down the counter, walked out. <laughs> so that was the first time the toe had been purposefully consumed. So they changed the laws. So now it's... $2,500 fine for, and it wasn't the bar that changed these laws. It was like the county or city or whatever. Um, it's $2,500 if you consume the toe, and you will most likely be charged with cannibalism. Uh, but I guess that's like an unpurposed thing, an accidental thing. You know, there's some discrepancy there to, as to what could possibly happen. But I, I just love this place so much, and it's like so far away. And I want to go. Yeah, we'll be starting a GoFundMe for Matt to go consume the toe and pay and bail him out of That's Canadian right. Yukon. Bail him out. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna eat the toe. It's a big toe too. It's like the big. Toe. Yeah, it's not even a small toe. It's the big toe. <laughs> what What it reminds me of is you know that uh, the children's book scary stories mm -hmm. tell in the dark. Mm -hmm. You know, because the bring me my toe, yes. <laughs> bring me my toe. See? You know, it's essentially is I had such like imprinted memories of like my mother reading that to me when I was a kid. And then I saw the movie and you just see the guy and he's like, bring me my toe. <laughs> see, this is why we're friends. We both grew up on those books. <laughs> They're so good. They They're so good. <laughs> the artwork in them. It's oh, the dude, best. the cover yeah. is terrifying. That like yeah, is. mutated tree with the pipe. It's like Popeye and a skull. And uh, there's the, there's oh, the, I don't know who they got to do the art for those, but terrifying. So good. <laughs> that movie is fairly recent, isn't it? Mm hmm. It's probably from, I think, 2018, oh, maybe yeah. even. Or I think it can't be older than 17. Yeah. I feel it came out not too long ago. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your most memorable show? My most memorable whether it's uh, there is one. if there is one. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's that's a tough call. I'd say like I could maybe say a couple. So like what was really neat is before the whole world fell apart yeah. and this whole thing called the pandemic yeah. you know happened. <clears throat> uh, we did a sixth anniversary show for my band in uh, at the end of 2019. And it was my brother's last show is my brother was the drummer in the Dirty Rats pretty much the whole time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, he was my brother. He was a kid. He, he joined like we started the band and he was he was like 14, 15. Yeah. So he was a kid. So and I taught him how to play drums and he would quit the band periodically, especially like after my mother passed or our mother mm -hmm. passed. Uh, it 
he took it hard and he started working more. But anyhow, don't need to digress on that. But my brother was the longest consistent drummer we had. He was on all the recordings pretty much. And he decided to call it quits in 20 in uh, 2019, uh, shortly after our 100 shows tour and stuff. And we did this huge show. I was because we did our fifth year anniversary, which I really tried to promote like huge in 2018. And then we did the 100 shows tour. And I thought, you know what, let's do a, a Christmas show this time and call it our six year anniversary. And it was packed, you know, mm -hmm. like. I, the most people where was that, it I, like it was at a local record store we normally yeah uh yeah we we played a lot in peaberg at this record store that was in phillipsburg new jersey called spin me around records okay it's still around they just moved to palmer uh to the palmer park mall which is in like easton area again like i said it's all relative mm -hmm. but Spin Me Around was awesome. We did this huge Christmas-themed farewell show. Place was packed. That was super-duper memorable. And then it was just awesome. That was yeah. that. And then in the middle of the 100 shows, we did, uh, like, show 56 or show or so. We kind of, like, went all the way to West Coast, came back, picked up merch, did the rest of the tour. And, like, on show 56, we, uh, we just played. Like, so many of our friends came out. You know, even people who didn't have time to message is we're playing yeah. so many shows all the time and it just was packed. You know, it was crazy because we always do well in Buffalo, New York and uh, Minnesota. Those mm -hmm. are two like I can't maybe pick out a show in particular, but like yeah. Buffalo, New York has been so good to us. And then Anoka County, Minnesota, it's like uh, it's about I think 45 minutes outside of Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Anoka County was always so good to us. We play uh, like um, houses and American Legion halls. And mm -hmm. we, we sold, I think like 50 t-shirts in one Damn. day once. It was That's so awesome. crazy. Yeah. So what was the hundred shows tour? So the uh, obviously it was a hundred shows. <laughs> yeah. So the hundred shows tour is, I guess the only claim to fame my pan has at this point in time. Uh, and what it started was we did, we started touring seriously in 2017. And we did the whole East Coast. And then in 2018, we did like multiple tours cross country. And between 17 and 18, I, I, I always carry like a little notebook with me in my, in my breast pocket of my jacket. Mm -hmm. Adam, uh, uh, Matt probably knows because mm -hmm. he, uh, he see me like write stuff down. No, I remember that. I remember when we met yeah. you at the pie shop outside. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. You opened it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, actually, and we're I, talking about that and, tonight, actually. Red, oh, Red really? and I were talking about it. We we need to get we need to buy you like a little like like custom made one at some point <laughs> <laughs> as, a, cool. as a gift. Right on, right on. So I always have like a little notebook, and when I hang out with people to the wee hours of the night, I'd find out about venues, other bands, local bars, all this stuff. And I did that for about a year and a half, you know. And out of that year and a half, I think I spent ten months on the road. Wow. So I really met a lot of people and towards the the end of i guess the middle of 2018 that summer we did like a u.s tour in july um my brother he, he drank pretty hard you know like my, my brother was the drinker in the band and uh he wanted to party and be punk rock and stuff so my brother um he got drunk one night and i was talking about how this band was doing like 90 shows over the summer you know, I, I heard about this band from Florida. It's like a feminist punk band called Guilt. Okay. I think they're still around, like G I L T. Yeah. Or yeah. And um 
Gilt was doing 90 shows, I think, in 2019 or 2019. And my brother just started saying, you know what? We need to do 100 shows, 100 days, 100 shows. And we were just, it was just an idiot. And then we kept saying it. We were like, 2019, 100 shows, 100 days, 100 shows, 100 days. And we just kept saying it. We did this summer tour uh, in 2018, uh, did a little run in the fall. And then we pretty much just I I started thinking, OK, it was about October or so. And I thought, well, you know, it's almost 2019. If I'm going to book these hundred days, I got to start doing it. Yeah. So I just started hitting up people. And I thought to myself, well, I at least know 100 people that could book me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I at least know 100 I, or at least know 50 people yeah. that probably know one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's 100 people that could book 100 days, you know, and thank God for some kind of nightmare because <laughs> that was yeah. that was a big way that I was able to do it because they kind of looked at me like I was like a protege or like yeah, yeah. A, a squire or whatever <laughs> because uh I, I don't know how you like but just like an, an apprentice yeah. um and uh Molly and Shy from some kind of nightmare they were always so nice to me and I just thought you know what they're on the road about 300 days a year yeah playing uh, every day of the week i don't know how they do it it's crazy I yeah awesome. <laughs> i really don't i i printed out all of their tour posters from 2015 to about uh 2019 they just announced thing and i printed them out on like 11 by 17 posters and i just like looked through all of them and I found out what venues they were playing and stuff. And I made a list of like different cities and areas I had never been to. And I compiled this route going cross country and uh, in, into Canada too. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a hundred shows in about 93 days or so. Holy crap. Because we wanted a lot for if we screwed up. Yeah. And also you played uh, multiple shows yeah. in, in, Oh yeah, we we times. did we did we did almost like every weekend in I think March of 2019. We did two shows every Friday and Saturday Oof. if we could. Nice, damn. So That's it was awesome. crazy, and we just we just did it. You know, it was it was really wild. I learned a lot about uh, myself and playing music it, because it's one of those things where we play music as artists because we love it. We love writing songs. We love creating, but when it the way to really do this is you have to kind of make it a job in some regards yeah. Um, yeah my father my father was a circus clown so i know that you have to kind of mix sometimes like work with pleasure wow. you know <laughs> is my father was a circus clown he loved Crazy. being a circus awesome. clown but you have to wake up every day and yeah, yeah. A circus clown. <clears throat> so especially in the summers they were brutal for my father yeah and i doing the 100 shows to me was like me joining the circus you know we yeah. really yeah we had I th we had i think one day off a month for three months which definitely we learned the mistake that like some kind of nightmare uh like molly mess sat me down once like in the middle of the tour we, we played with them in oklahoma and molly was like you do realize the importance of at least taking one day off a week <laughs> no <laughs> she was like if you actually look at our our tours we uh we, we normally play three weeks a month and then we have about a week off. It's not a week yeah, consecutively, yeah. but we take about every Monday off and then maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday here. And it just keeps us sane. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And she, she was like, she was like, you guys need a break. You know? 
And we were like, we were dumb kids, you know. I was yeah. like, whatever, I was like 23 or something. I was like, like, I can go, all, I can go all fucking day. Yeah, I was like, I'll do it. I remember we were in like the best physical shape of our lives yeah. after that tour. You know, I was ready to like conquer the world. That's awesome. It was insane. That's funny. When the first thing I thought of when you said 100 shows, well, the first thing I thought of was some kind of nightmare. Yeah, yeah it's funny yeah. that you, <laughs> you brought them up because, man, they are fucking. They're everywhere all yeah. the time. I yeah. they they're great fucking people. They're like, the oh hardest awesome people. They're, yeah, they are awesome people. Salt of the earth, and they're the hardest working independent punk rock band in the United period. States. Period. Yeah. You know, period. period. Oh, period. Yeah. with a hard yeah. period on yeah. it. Period. Yep. <laughs> um. I, I always say because eventually in the next few years, uh, I want to write a book about touring and uh, I'm going to dedicate it to them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just if it wasn't for them, like they really taught me so much, yeah. you know, because they really did it. You know, they go out and they do it. Not even did it. They do, do it. it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. You know, it's not like they take time off. You know? Yeah. It's funny following them on social media. It's like you look forward to like that, like you know, in January or February, like here are a list of spring shows and it's like so many shows in so many different places. It's like, holy shit, you're on the road. Like, yeah, Co they're constantly on the road. Like, I, I don't even know, like, where do they live? They're nomads. Like, where are they from? They're nomads. They don't, yeah, they're, they uh, don't live. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're from San Diego. They're, yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, I, they're like from San Diego now. I guess they claim to live in San Diego, but I think it, like Molly's from Oklahoma, maybe or something. They're from, uh, yeah, I think they they grew up in Ohio. Ohio. That's they, what it when is. they were really really young, they moved to uh, uh, San Diego, and like that's their home. Yeah, but know? they don't have a home there. I think. Yeah, they. I don't think they fit. They don't physically have a home anywhere. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Their home is the van. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I, yeah. multiple vans. I I, I had conversations. I, I think they're on like Nightmare Machine eight. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, nine yeah. now. Like, like, <laughs> I, so they've been touring for like yeah. 15 years. <laughs> I've had like two separate conversations with them about where they like, live, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always thought it'd be cool to have like a YouTube show. And I, I really wanted to record segments with Shy because yeah. Shy buys these vans for like two or five hundred dollars. Yeah. And Shy's just like, yeah, man, well, you know, I'm going to take this chewing gum. And I'm going to put it over this gasket and I can get about 50,000 miles. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He knows. Yeah. He, he knows the. The. He knows how to MacGyver a car. Let's just, yeah, you yeah. MacGyver. Yeah. A yeah. Car, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, you're forced to learn that shit when you I mean, those. <laughs> The amount of knowledge that the two of them have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, fucking, it's gotta be ridiculous. Yeah. And now Man. I don't know. It, I'm all of a sudden realizing, like, why haven't we had them on here yet? Yeah, I know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that we need, I need to make that happen real soon. Yeah. No, you yeah. totally should. That and, and that would be kind of cool too, because you could probably do like a dual interview. So you have Molly and Chai. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. That's 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 pretty much our limit now. We tell people to it, it's two people per band. We yeah. we tried to do more early on in the oh in this God, whole thing, and it did just a nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah. We've had people like six people show up. It's like, editing nightmare. It's I just want to like fucking yeah crawl in a corner and cry when I think about the editing process. It's like, oh, um, Honestly, that that'd be a really good podcast because it's just the whole story is so yeah we, I gotta reach out I'll reach out to Molly tonight yeah do it yeah because because they like they met in high school yeah and 
they've been together for probably like 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. And she survived breast cancer. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it's their life is a movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 it absolutely. It's, it's, it's I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm like literally like, well, not literally. I'm figuratively punching myself in the head right now, being like, <laughs> I keep I trying to think of guests to have on there. Why haven't they yeah, popped the into my fucking us? head? I, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, <sighs> my, I mean, like they—they're definitely like people that you know. There are certain people that you—you you are like you know that you're super privileged to have to know. You know what I mean? And they're—they're yeah. they're those people. You know, it's like just i don't yeah. know there's just something about them that's just like you know you just feel good being able to you know call them friends or acquaintances or whatever it's so true because like there's so many aspects of being human you know that human beings cannot be great people like yeah. you look at the war going on right now for what reason right. you know who yeah. knows mm-hmm. why yeah but <laughs> like any war has a right. Exactly. Right. money and then you meet you meet someone <laughs> uh that that's so kind like molly and shy yeah. and it just shows kind of what being human is really about yeah. you know like these just genuine authentic people that are just that they're so beloved by so many people yeah what's well, i i know a lot of bands sometimes buy facebook likes and all that stuff right but <laughs> i believe some kind of nightmare has ten thousand or something yeah likes on facebook and those are ten thousand people that they have slept at their house right. yeah. and, and have yeah. hung out yeah. with and those are ten thousand people that would probably take a bullet for them yeah. you know we all love them yeah. you know these are so cool. these are the relationships those of us in the punk rock scene that that feel uh a connection to something i, I don't know necessarily what that something is but like like us meeting um oh me yeah. meeting them they we we put each other before money yeah I, yeah and you know and that's i think that's the simplest way to describe it nowadays there are some intricacies within that statement um you know it can be broadened a bit but but i i think that's the most simplest way to put it is uh, this kind of punk rock community that has kept in like the actual underground is that's that's the statement to ride with is it's putting people above money because that that's something that you just you, you're you're tr- it's trending to not find that in places yeah. throughout the world nowadays and the punk rock scene is one of the places that you can still find that and it's and it's odd because like the rest of the world is looking at that aspect of things right now as like humanity losing its like religious morals which is really fucking weird to me because punk rock was born out of getting away from religion yeah yeah but but still kind of keeping like a morality that kind of touches on like the christian morality which is kind of a weird thing i guess but but it's not that weird because it was kind of traditionalistic our parents all grew up on like that christian morality um but it's a weird place it's we're just, sitting in now. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, go go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say it's kind of like do on to thy neighbor, yeah, you know, as, as yourself, you know, all that stuff, you know. And I think the coolest thing was I had a conversation with Molly at Milwaukee Punk Fest, which used to be in Milwaukee every year, and now I think it's kind of fizzled out because of the pandemic. 
that the guy that was running it, he just doesn't want to do it anymore. But the last Milwaukee Punk Fest, I think it was Milwaukee Punk Fest 9. Milwaukee Punk Fest was uh, fucking cool as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? Did you ever go? <laughs> we were supposed to play it one year. Um, oh, right on. Uh, that was a show that got canceled, and that's in a story for another time. But... Okay, for another time, <laughs> yeah. another night. But uh, I was at Milwaukee Punk Fest 9 hanging out with... Uh, with members of El Escapado. They're a skate punk band from Nashville. Um, they're dudes about your age and they they tour a lot. They're Sounds gonna be familiar. doing us. Yeah, El Escapado is gonna be doing a 67 date tour this year. Okay. So you definitely check that out. They're really cool. And uh uh Katie Bell is in that band and he's really neat. And I was hanging out with Katie and uh Katie's awesome. He's kind of like this like southern skateboarding like <laughs> cool dude. He, he looks like like a really anorexic version of Lemmy Kilmister and he's just really awesome. And you hang out with Katie and and I was hanging out with uh some kind of nightmare and Molly was just talking about how there might never be a a huge wave of punk rock like there was in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's this community that's tighter than it's ever been in history. Yeah, because you have punk rockers in Utah, in in Oklahoma, New Jersey, Montana, you know, California, and we all know each other. We're all friends yeah. on Facebook. We all we all help each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, we all support each other, and it's just this really cool underground network that there there was back in the 80s but the, it was a lot larger now it's so small that anybody that belongs really wants to be here and that's kind of yeah. i think what matt was trying to say about yeah, yeah. Uh, molly like some kind of nightmare and yeah they just so. they get it yeah I, they're, I mean they're they're out there doing what a lot of us wish we could be doing you know what i mean like yeah just and it's it's awesome to see somebody out there doing it and uh for that reason they'll always and, have yeah, Bad support in yeah. in twenty twenty era, I guess. Yeah, the twenty ten to twenty twenty era, you know the the modern day punk rocker has a lot of financial fears and family yeah. fears, and you know we all know how the world is right now. Right. It, cre- oh, it yeah. creates fears that a lot of people can't get around. That right. you know that in the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties you know, those fears didn't exist. And every, you know, the people that wanted to be in bands, you could still make money, you know, being a musician yeah. and going on the road. You, yeah. uh, you could still make money and there were less distractions. Yeah. So I think that's why also there right. were so many people involved because if you didn't go to shows, you didn't know shows were happening. So more people were going to shows yeah. and then people were subscribing to maximum rock and roll and then see a tour flyer. And, yeah, totally. you know, in some ways it was, now we're so connected but disconnected and back then right. you all you had was you, maximum rock and roll well, because you when you're know, so connected or, yeah you know. and you well you had to go on the road back then to get people to know who you were like yeah the internet didn't exist yeah. you know and people yeah. actually came out you know more than they yeah. do now yeah. you know that's it that's yeah because now yeah. you can get your fix by like watching a you know a video or talking yeah. to somebody or like you know it, it, but back then you had to be you had to go there to buy the thing to you get had to thing. participate yeah. you know yeah, you had um, to participate yeah you had to and, and i think that a lot of us older punk rockers like matt and myself like we see 
some kind of nightmare and it's like those are the fucking like <clears throat> those are the ambassadors man those that that's fucking punk rock and you know it's it's super special it, to see people that are out there killing it and doing it fucking day after well, day it's, um, and it's houston's some yeah. of the same here this is yeah the exact yeah. fucking reason why yeah, yeah. i want to have you on here aside from the <laughs> fact that we're friends you know like, yeah, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. the fact you're doing the same thing they yeah. are man like no, it's true. We're going to be doing two months in uh, the fall and we're trying to do Alaska. Oh, so yeah, this is a little bit of a spoiler, yeah. but I had Alaska booked in 2020 and then it got canceled yeah. because of a lot, uh, not because of a lot, because of COVID. <laughs> and yeah, because of Alaska. Because of Alaska. You know, because uh, of bears. I mean, that's fair. It's the fair. Bears. It's fair. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm going to try and book it again. And actually, that fan I mentioned earlier, Ellis Capato. They're doing about a week in Alaska oh, in wow. May. So I know while I'm going to be kind of booking Alaska, my homies are going to be over there. So I feel they can just kind of it's like, hey, dude, I'm looking at this dive and they're, they're we're there right now. So it'll be kind of yeah, yeah. cool. I think I think it'll really come together. Like, awesome. wait, how do you even tour in Alaska? There's like three cities. <laughs> you just so you need to get a rent a car, I believe. And then I feel you would backline with other bands yeah. stuff you would just bring guitars bass you know breakable cymbal snare you know is there, and then fly over is there places to play outside of like anchorage fucking you know just kind of yeah i think you would play the stuff i have i was looking at was mainly based around anchorage it has to and be because i think there's fairbanks but, and stuff. fairbanks so like anchorage and fairbanks i understand although even fairbanks is a stretch because fairbanks is yeah. fucking up there but Juno, uh, Juno is close. You're not gonna. Juno might be cool. You're too, not gonna yeah, play yeah. Juno though. Why not? Because it's on an island that's not connected by roads to the rest oh, of really? fucking Alaska. Yeah, oh, okay. Juno is even though it's the capital of Alaska, it is yeah. fucking tiny. Like, okay, Fredericksburg is bigger than fucking Juno. Oh, like wow. Juno is small. Yeah, it's weird why Juno is the capital there. Anchorage should be the capital, but they. I mean, think about this. Like Anchorage is the largest city in Alaska and the population of Anchorage is like not even 200,000. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where I don't know how think good I could the shows totally will be. Wrong. I mean, you, you're probably close. I know that sure. the, the logistics are kind of wild because you have to drive for 24 hours. If you drive from Seattle to mm. Anchorage or whatever, and you don't want to drive 24 hours with no shows. And then yeah, uh, yeah. you could take the ferry, but then the ferry is, I think, like two grand. So the cheapest thing is to just fly from Seattle yeah, yeah. and then just backline and then yeah. fly back, like have round trip tickets. You know? Oh, no. I, it's, but, Anchorage uh, has grown over 200,000. They are almost at 300,000 now. So, wow. Has, has, yeah. So, I, you know, I, if I, if, but maybe, I mean, I bet you they would have. They appreciate anybody coming up there to play, and you'd probably get. Fuck a yeah, crowd. they do. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, no, I thought it was pretty cool. I think when I booked it, I was gonna. I, I booked uh, three dates, and I think I had a dive bar, a house, and like an American Legion. Okay. So um, cool. Like, like some type of a VFW hall. Because I, I feel like you fly up on a Wednesday and maybe try and do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, chill Sunday, and then fly back. Yeah, yeah. You know? I've heard really, really great things about a lot uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. You know, it looks beautiful. I feel like that's the big thing, too. When you're talking about uh, some kind of nightmare earlier, how like they're the ambassadors or like 
this whole the scene of of today. Yeah. I feel a lot of the bands that are out there grinding it now, it's not really exactly for the money because really yeah. you're making minimum wage. You know, it's it's enough where a lot of bands I know that grind it, they can maybe work part time and then grind it for three, four months a year and uh sup like at least break even on the tours you know not lose too much money and then survive the rest of it it's all about it's not long story short is that you're not rock star yeah, yeah. you know you're out there grinding it because it's not the destination you know it's right. not necessarily the city on the map it's the journey Tough that time. brings you to that city on the map so the way i look at it is even if i lose money with the plane tickets to going to alaska it's just the fact that I was talking to my father about this recently, how if we're going to be in Seattle, why not fly to Alaska? Yeah. You know, especially yeah. because we want to do a Seattle again this year and we have, we've never played Olympia and Tacoma. So we want to do that. And I thought if we're so close, just fly to Alaska, yeah. you know, you might as well, you know, so that's gonna be something I'm going to be working on because we'll, we'll probably be there first week of October. Yeah. Cool. You know, I mean, don't, don't hold me to that. Yeah. Any Alaskan <laughs> listeners, but um it we're really be, big in anchorage um, yeah. uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> but no i mean you're totally right it's not at the end of the day it's looking back to what you've done what you've done and where you've been yeah how much money you made and there's there's so many things that are so worth like you said even losing money to accomplish to accomplish and to to i mean life is about stories man like when you at the end of the day you can yeah. sit back and be like hey i did this i went here you know um that's way better than being like, you know, hey, I lived in my hometown and I became rich. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I always tell people, because uh, I, I I'm an artist, you know, I draw, I paint all that stuff. And I always thought as a good visual image is when you look at someone's headstone, you see the birth date and the death date and there's the dash. And I yeah. feel you spend your whole life experiencing that dash. You yeah. know, what are you going to do with that dash? You know, and, and that when you look at it. It doesn't matter if you were some Fortune 500 CEO, you know. It doesn't matter if you were a homeless rambler, you know. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Woody Guthrie, you know. And Woody Guthrie did a mm. lot with his dash, you know. Yeah. Like, that's some deep shit. That's the deepest shit that's ever been spoken <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dash. <laughs> well, listen, we've been talking for over an hour, but I want to get to these three questions before we let you go. Yeah, I was like, we didn't really talk about any yeah. band stuff. We talked about a lot of cool stuff. Right, yeah. before, right before you say that, Ron, uh, yeah. correction to make. Uh, so just looking stuff up about Alaska. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Anchorage, yeah, it's, it's like 293,000 population. So Juneau and Fairbanks, if you end up going to both those places, Juneau actually has a little bit larger of a population than Fairbanks, but both cities are right around 30,000, which mm -hmm. is the same that's the same exact population as here in Fredericksburg. Wow. So those cities are the same size as here in Fredericksburg. Granted, if you go play those places, there's going to be nowhere near as many people as there is in Fredericksburg. Cause here small city with the population yeah. within it, but surrounding our city is giant suburbs of DC. So at any given day in Fredericksburg, it can seem like there's hundreds of thousands of people here because there is, but up there, there's nothing that surrounds either of those cities. <laughs> so you just get the 30,000 people that are there. And bald eagles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> These three questions uh, also have actually nothing to do with music. But, um, oh, well, the first two don't. Well, not the first one does. 
if you were on death row, what would your final meal be? Oh, man. Oh, geez. I guess I would have a lot of soups. You know, I've, I've actually love had soup. this conversation. Oh, yeah. I love soup. So I feel I'd want like pea soup and uh, chicken noodle soup. I'd want minest- like a vegetable, like minestrone, nice. some beef, you know, and then I'd probably have a chicken Caesar salad and uh, a pot pie and <laughs> I'd have a white castle hammer. I'd probably only have a little bite, <laughs> a little awesome. little bit of everything. Yeah. Dude, just gorge uh, yourself. You're dying like that. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, like, just like, yeah. <laughs> and then maybe maybe a tuna melt, you know, the top mm, it off. Yes. Like, what kind of <laughs> what kind of cheese? Um, Swiss. Oh, no, good choice. Oh, yeah. Good choice. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. So you go White Castle Burger for your last burger. Yeah. For your last burger, uh, I go White Castle Burger. All right. That's cool. Um, all right. So now that you're dead, you could uh, pressure ashes. They actually do this for real. You could turn your ashes into a vinyl record. Mm-hmm. So if you were to press your ashes into a vinyl record of your choice, and it has to be an album that already exists, which one would you pick? Oh, man, that's to be an album that already exists. Yeah. Any album. Oh. I'd actually. So my favorite album of all time is called We Don't Stand a Chance by A.M. Taxi. OK. And uh, I think I would have my ashes pressed into that record. Cool. It's they're one of the greatest bands of uh, you never heard of. So cool. They're, they're from Chicago. Yeah, nice. I've never heard of them. I'm going to immediately be checking them out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that album is amazing. It they, it's just it never got the credit. It should have, you know, they uh, Virgin Records folded right when they got signed. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, the second best thing to do in a podcast, second to meeting awesome people is hearing people's like, you know, bands that I more so me. Matt is like an encyclopedia of punk bands you know like yeah. i know like seven houston um, might have <laughs> houston might have me beat we, we've had some conversations yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean you think i'm a wealth of punk rock knowledge man you need to i mean yeah, there's so many times name. i'll sit here yeah. and nod and smile and have no idea what the fuck's going on but matt's like yeah the drummer is this name and you know blah 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 and i'm like god damn thank god for matt but uh <laughs> but yeah that's cool i'll definitely check them out as well um Who's on your Mount Rushmore punk rock? Oh, man. And you get five because you get a crazy horse. Yeah. I get five. Yeah, you got to have that Mount crazy Rushmore. horse, man. So I feel like I would say uh, Fat Mike. Okay, yeah. He's on mine. Um, even though most people hate Fat Mike. I love Fat I don't Mike. think most people do. I think it's just become trendy to dislike. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was going to do. say that exact same well, thing. It's like almost cool to hate Fat Mike. Well, like here's here's the reason why you shouldn't hate Fat Mike uh, for all our listeners. Like, is he an asshole in real life? Maybe. I mean, if you if you haven't met him personally and hasn't been an Not asshole, my experience. yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't just consider him an asshole. And I feel like a lot of people just call him an asshole just because other people have i think he is when he's drunk yeah maybe from what i've heard from people a lot of people i've met him i've met him twice and he's honestly been everything i ever wanted him to be mm, yeah you know, like a lot of people say don't meet your heroes like it's you listen to a, a no effects live record that's fat mike you know like, yeah it's, yeah. it's like he's just he's he, he's just a ball busting like yeah. like every time i i've hung out with him he does that thing where like you put your like hand in the circle oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know what it's called <laughs> And then he has to punch you all in the shoulder. Like, it's like, I made you look. Yeah. yeah. But like, like him really, 
and I I think he learned it probably from Brett Gerowitz. But like the two of those guys became very successful in punk rock. And I feel like they have both used their record labels as very good examples of how to practice capitalism. Yes. Because we see yeah. all these all these people in like the political world and the elite corporate world just screwing people over left and right and allowing the term hey it's not it's not personal it's just business to be an actual thing which is one of the most yeah. like ridiculous things that people in this country have allowed to be a thing is that statement there's no such thing as that statement it's all personal if you practice business with good personal skills and good skills everyone will be successful not just one person or a tiny group yeah. of people. Yeah. And, and I feel like Fat Mike and Brett Gerowitz have done that. And people in the punk rock world chastise them for being capitalists when it's like, yeah, they are capitalists, but they did it the right way. Like, yes. Did they make a shit ton of money? They did. And they're rich, but like, yeah, because the people that they brought with them respected yeah. them for it because they helped, you know, they shared the wealth. Capitalism done right is always a win. Yeah. In my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah. But I mean it's it's so true because yeah. and then I and then I'll do the next person. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Because, I had to say No, it. no, it's true. Yeah. Uh because honestly, when you go on fatrecords.com, I haven't looked at a release recently since like the whole COVID stimulus check inflation, because that's what really kind of screwed up our cash right now. Yeah. But for the longest time, you could buy a seven inch record on fatrecords.com for four bucks yeah. and you could buy a 12 inch on black vinyl for $12. And then if you wanted color vinyl, it was 15 mm -hmm. and these are all plus shipping, but how many record labels would still sell oh, seven inch for yeah. $4? Like yeah. fat Mike had had the same price yeah. since the nineties. He was still seven selling seven inches for yeah. $4. They, you know? they just released like a, Sick of it all, call to arms. It came out in like '99, I think, or 2000. Mm -hmm. They just, they just, I just got a fucking email about it yesterday. Uh, it's a new colored vinyl pressing of that plus a T-shirt for like 20 bucks. Exactly. It's a, you know, so that's yeah. when you said capitalism done right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, like, it's, yeah. it shows what what stuff really costs. Or whatever it is, 20 something. It might be like 22 or something, but still, it's a T-shirt and a fucking colored vinyl record. It might be 25, but regardless, either. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, and he gave me a chance at my coffee. Like he, he, yeah. you know, he took my coffee and made it the daily grind. Fat Records daily grind. Like he called me and we had an awesome conversation. He didn't have to do that, you know. Like I'm a nobody, and he, <laughs> but he liked the coffee, you know. So he's like, you know, it was it's just really cool. He, I, yeah, I think, I think, like you said, I think it's trendy to not like him. It um, is. It has. It's become trendy. Uh, to not like yeah, him. but I think if you know him, you know. Whatever. I'm sure there's some people that know him that hate him. If it, well, yeah, <laughs> of course there is. That's how people fucking work. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you, if you approach the guy with the attitude of "I dislike you" because yeah. it's trendy to dislike you, like it's noticeable. Number one, like yeah. people who don't think that that's not a noticeable thing when you approach somebody who's famous and it's it's noticeable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're. What do you think? How do you think they're going to react to you? Right. Right. It's yeah. not going to be a good reaction. And then your opinion of that person is going to be a negative one. So like yeah. maybe approach people with positivity. And then if they're negative towards you, right. yeah, that's a different story. But yeah, hey, you know, that's a, 
it's, yes. it's like basic psychology, you know. Right. So, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I, you got my fat second, Mike. Go <laughs> my fat Mike, and then uh, my second, my second person would have to be Keith Morris. Okay. Because he's on I, I love Keith Morris. Yeah. Like he's Keith Morris, mask. hands down, he's my favorite vocalist. Period. You know, I'd say like either mm. either Keith Morris or Willie Nelson, you know. Yeah. So I, I love Keith Morris because he's so authentic. You know, I think he can be a prick sometimes like a lot of people. Yeah. But I just I read Keith's book and it was so honest. Mm -hmm. uh, the book was called My Damage. Mm -hmm. And it was just so honest. Him talking about his life and like his like I, I think he got his second chance because a lot of the circle jerks, he kind of just let kind of run on autopilot they were just yeah. partying and getting messed up right. but when he started off you know it was his second chance at punk rock and off off is such a good they band. are it's like it's you literally have group sex by the circle jerks and then forget about the rest of the circle jerks yeah. and then you have all the first <laughs> off record yeah. and you're like it's the greatest band discography ever you know yeah. um but yeah, so I definitely have Keith Morris. I actually got to see him speak at uh, one of the Camp uh, Punksylvania, not Camp Punksylvania, Camp uh, Punk and Drubber? Uh, Punk, Camp Punk and Drubber. Okay. He did a, he did Campfire Stories. Cool. And that was really cool. Nice. Uh, so I'd say don't, Keith Morris. Don't forget Black Flag either, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in yeah. Black He started I'd Black say, Flag. Yeah. Um, I would say then probably Johnny Ramone. Because although he was a jerk, and he was known for being a he's jerk. on Ron's too. Yeah, he's, I feel he's like my number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's my well, favorite dude. Like one of my favorite dudes on the planet, or to ever be on the planet. What I like about Johnny is, despite him being like just such a conservative right wing yeah. Republican, um, because I read his book too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's it's like I can't believe that Joey wants us to play this benefit for the free hamsters. <laughs> Why are we free in hamsters? <laughs> This is absolute bullshit. You know, there's no problem. The, We're losing money. The bickering um, in the Ramones is like the oh greatest God. thing ever. I mean, I just thought it was a good idea. You know, <laughs> we, we need a free to hamsters. Um, but literally, Johnny Ramone. It, it just he was so driven. Like, yeah. like I said earlier, I grew up kind of with uh, my father being a circus clown, mm. and it was that whole thing of. My father, my father was also uh, he was a stage actor and he was in the Screen Actors Guild. He did commercials cool. and stuff like that. So my father always taught me that the arts are a job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 a job. It's, and I feel like that's the way I always kind of approach music, because it's just like you're a plumber. You know, yeah. you, there's nothing. It's not like you're so special. And that's what, what's really cool is punk rocks like that. Right. You know, a lot of these people that uh, make it in punk rock, they're just everyday people. They don't act like rock stars. Right. I mean, some people do sometimes. I'm yeah, not yeah, name there, are, yeah. <laughs> there, there are exceptions um, to everything. Yeah. Some people you'd be surprised that people that become divas. Yeah. But, you know, Johnny Ramone, it was that whole thing that in the book uh, I read uh, what the freaking uh, commando, you know, yeah, his yeah. autobiography. And Johnny said that when he left his job as a construction worker, it, he was going to create, uh, he was going to treat music like it was construction. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing with him was when's the next job, how we're going to get to the next job was the next yeah. job pay, you know, and that's kind of like terminology. My father would kind of use a lot right. because he would always say that it's show business, right? You know, like you got to do this because you love it, but you need to figure out right. how to, like make it work 
Yeah. You know, and uh, I would say definitely Johnny Romo would be my number three. And then he created a way to play guitar that we all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No one. No no one is cooler than fucking Johnny Ramon on stage. No, I know, right? Fucking no, no one. Like, it's like, how does he even play the guitar when yeah. he spreads his legs like that? Yeah, yeah, like, that's it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, man, it gets deep crap. So that'd be my top three, and I I got five, right? Yeah. All right, man. So you got Mike, Keith, and Johnny so far. Johnny, you get so... two more, but you know that crazy horse would you... be crazy. That's right. When, when, while you're thinking about it, I'll tell this quick Johnny story. Uh, when we had uh, Richie Ramon on the show a couple, like a year, just over a year ago, whatever, um, he was telling us a story about how when when he was in the band, they would they would play like a show, like say in New Hampshire, and the next night their show would be in Boston, but Johnny would insist that they would drive all the way back to New York to sleep because he didn't want to pay for a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> And then they would wake up five hours later and drive all the way fucking back to Boston just so he didn't have to, just so they didn't have to pay because he was he was the business. And yeah, he, he didn't want to pay for a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so fucking ridiculous. All right. So I got my three. I'm going to say my number four. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, because I was like, oh, there's got to. Why is this so hard? My number four has to be uh, Tony Sly. OK, that's also um, a good choice. because because Tony Sly. Tony Sly wasn't so much a lyricist because I kind of I kind of put Tony Sly and Kurt Cobain in a similar category mm. because when you analyze their songwriting skills, it's more they cultivated melodies over chord structures and really created great songs. And it wasn't so much about the message. It's about how the chorus brings you in and how you feel about the overall song, like how like it draws you in. Because a lot of times you listen to like a Nirvana song, you don't know what half the lyrics mean. Right. And then you listen to Tony Sly. He just kind of quickly probably wrote something before he had to go to the studio. Mm-hmm. But the chorus and the way it goes into the bridges and the way the pre-chorus, you know, and the way he would yeah. just like sometimes even on a chorus, I think Tony's wording might have not mm-hmm. been perfect. Like, again, like I said, well, like he was more concerned about the way the melody drew mm-hmm. the listener in. And just he was such a mad. He was like a lot of people always say that Tony was the best songwriter on Fat Records. And it's very true. You yeah. know, those songs are so, so good. I, I would I would say uh as far as like lyrics go uh lechcon karn and making friends those two no use for name albums and yeah. then even maybe some of his acoustic stuff he did later in his career are extremely well written as far lyrically uh some of the other albums i would maybe not say that about but and and, sure. and, and go with what you're saying but those, yeah, those two. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he was a terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. lyricist. Like I said, it was more that why I would have him as my number four or just in my mm-hmm. top 10, whatever. I'd say it's just that he was such a great songwriter. Yeah. I just think that lyrically, it was he might not have been the strongest. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. You look at Fat Mike, can't sing super duper well, but Fat Mike has a really good knack. The reason why he was my number one yeah. is his Fat Mike really, you can tell that he was a big fan of Charles Bukowski. Yeah. <laughs> because um, the way he he writes his free verse, you know, is very similar to uh, Bukowski poems. And uh, even on Ribbed, you know, one of my favorite no effects my favorite songs. No effects album. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Green Corn is a reference to Barfly, the movie that's based on Charles Bukowski. Mm -hmm. And it's the scene where you have uh, Mickey Rourke as Bukowski looking at uh, Tully, the character. And that's the line in Green Corn. Where it's like Tully, baby. <laughs> you know, maybe we only had green corn, you know, <laughs> yeah. like and then Fat Mike wrote the song. So I feel like Fat Mike had to be a fan of, of Bukowski. Because also you look at songs like Scavenger Type and the lyrics mm -hmm. are very similar to Bukowski poem. And that's where I said, like, the lyrics are so good, especially an album like uh, Wolves and Wolves Clothing is so lyrically strong. And then I look at some of Tony Sly's work and it's lacking in some regard, but just the way his choruses, like I said, the choruses make you almost forget. You're like, you know, his word choice. He just threw that verse together. But then that chorus comes in on like Soulmate, you know, oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, or like International yeah. Your Day. Yeah or international you day like that it's like without you my life is in you're like yeah. oh god it's so good, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. um you might be man. the first person to have is he the first person to have tony sly no there, there's been others there's, been, there's okay. definitely been others okay. yeah uh i think uh, off the top of my head the first one that i can remember i think chris um from idle minds i think tony was okay. one of his I can see that. Okay. But there's been others. There is at least three or four people have thrown him in there. Oh, okay. I think he might have been in Cletus's too. Okay. Cletus. Oh, he was definitely in um uh Tito from Flag on Fire. Okay. And Bo. I think both of them. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. My my first answer yeah. for this, because it changes all the time. Ron and I will redo these from time to time. Yeah. My first answer for this was totally off the wall. I said Bobo from Avail. He's not even really in the band. He just jumps around on stage and gets people fucking fired up. And that's punk rock as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Virginia. <laughs> um, you get crazy with it. You know what I'm saying? I guess the crazy horse, because I did like, I feel like that, like, you know, having Fat Mike, um, freaking, what was it? Fat Mike, brain fart. I don't even remember who I had. Keith Morris. Morris. Keith Morris. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Fat Mike, Keith Morris. Uh, uh, Freaking. God, this is brain fart. But I know I had Fat Mike, Keith Morris, Tony Sly, and um, Johnny Ramone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, I'm sorry, but brain That's farting. That's all good. I was like, why, why is it so hard to remember Fat Mike, Keith Morris, Johnny <laughs> <Joe> Ramone? <laughs> I guess my fifth one would have to be uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Okay. You know, I, I mean, it may not be an, a popular opinion. No, it had that a lot. I, I feel that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like all of his entire body of work. You know, Billy Joe Armstrong, I, I enjoy everything up until American Idiot, like yeah. everything, whether it was the early, early stuff or whatever. Um, some of those late 2000 like i i love warning a lot yeah. of people that's like a not a conventional green day record i, I don't know i love warning too <laughs> dude it's yeah. because i felt like that's when billy joe armstrong really tried to like experiment with what he could do in a studio and really try mm. and write songs and dude, then it kind of paved the road for american Idiot. Dude, he wrote a song about being a dominatrix like how can you not like that <laughs> yeah <I'm> like yeah <laughs> That's a solid. Uh, that's a solid. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And Crazy Horse. It is. Yeah. yeah, I guess I use I use Billy Joe Armstrong as my Crazy Horse. That's I mean, good. Yeah. Good. He he. I mean, he deserves some credit for what Green Day did. I mean, like if Nirvana would have never done 
what they did, you know, maybe the tables would have been turned a little bit. But like Green Day deserves, like, oh, yeah. they deserve their their credit for putting Dookie is one of the best on albums the of all time, and it will always be to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's that exactly. It's one of those things where like you can't, like you can't uh, talk down on someone if they like in in the top ten they say Dookie, uh, the Blue Album, mm. Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Th- those those albums are amazing. Yeah. You can't you can't be like, oh, dude, you picked those mainstream classics, dude. Okay. Fuck it, yeah, like, never they, such good. They, yeah, yeah. they got to where they were because of what they were. Yeah, nothing yeah. more. You know, <laughs> yeah. like 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 Nevermind is just an out. It only worked so well because I feel the PR firm did their job. You know, it's one of those things yeah. where you have Nirvana wrote a great record. That would have just been yeah. underground successful. Yeah. Like everybody would love that record, like like Boogada 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 yeah. by by uh, oh, Screeching yeah. Weasel. We yeah. all love that record, but or Milo goes to college. Yeah, but it was it didn't sell millions. Right, right maybe right. it has now, but it didn't sell millions. It was just we all know it's it's a great record. Yeah, and then you have a PR firm explode with Nevermind, put it everywhere, yep. the music yep. like on MTV, and then it just everybody loved it because yeah. it was a great record. Did that. I lived through Dookie. I knew who Green Day was before Dookie happened. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I lived through. I mean, I was a kid. You know, I was. What, Dookie was 94, right? So yeah, I was yeah. 15 when, when Dookie came out. Yeah. But I, I, like, I had been given a copy of Kerplunk on a cassette tape with, like. I had the Kerplunk cassette tape. Yeah. In my well, I, yeah. I didn't have, like, oh, yeah. the official cassette tape. Like, somebody gave me a cassette tape that had Kerplunk had on one side. Kerplunk, yeah. And. I like a, I think it was like a recorded mixtape on the other yeah. side or something like that. Um, but like, like I remember that shit very clear. I remember when Dookie like hit the world yep. and, and what happened there. Dookie oh, yeah. became what it did because everyone in 1994, and I mean everyone who was a fan of rock music as a whole, like, mm-hmm listened to that album like it was the greatest thing that had ever happened like people went fucking crazy i mean i remember being in high school everyone in my high school there was not a soul in my entire high school who was not listening to that fucking album yeah like it, it was that good at the time yep yeah man you can't take that away from them either yeah you know? totally yeah yep and you know people soured on them pretty quickly after that but some some people, I should some say, people. most people didn't. But like some yeah. people, a lot of the punk rockers, whatever for whatever reason, soured on them. You know, the whole it was it was popular to hate selling out at the time. Well, it's because the selling out yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it was like, popular to hate sellouts in the punk yeah. rock crowd at the time, and you know, and whatever. Well, yeah. that was the that was the whole thing where then they put out uh, Insomniac, and when I was in high school, like way after the fact, like twenty years after the record or whatever. Um, they, I listened to that song 86 and I never I never knew the term like 86 yeah. was the whole thing they wrote that song because they were 86 from Gilman's yeah you know because yep. they sold out yeah. and that's so crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah and and it's it's funny now too because like that's probably my favorite Green Day record now <laughs> oh dude that <laughs> yeah. record's so it's great so it's good. such an angry distorted yeah. like <laughs> such a good record yeah, yeah it is it's so good <laughs> awesome all right, man. Well, look, uh, go ahead and plug anything. Plug uh, your bands and what you have coming up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the biggest stuff is, I would say, uh, 
go to our socials, you know, Facebook, Instagram, look up uh, Houston and the Dirty Rats. And we have some shows coming up. You know, I have all the events listed and like uh, an upcoming shows thing. And then we will be on tour in the fall. So, you know, if you're any listeners that have never heard us, awesome. like check us, check us out on Spotify. And then we should be coming your way in September, October, you know, maybe late August. And we'll probably have some music videos out this year. We'll have a new EP. Cool. And uh, some cool stuff, you know, just keep it on. Like, like, I guess it's just a very small antidote. <laughs> I'll say it's just, uh, I feel so many bands, you know, they always worry about just like, oh, we, we're going to do this one album mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And then uh, they never worry about the next thing. You know, it's like you always got to, you always got to be like, have something in your back pocket yeah, you yeah. Know, that you're excited for, you know, you're working towards because that's just, that's why we do this. You know, it's just to continue creating art. You know, totally. I even forgot we're going to be tracking our first album in May. So Fuck yeah. that's first the thing that first full length, it'll probably be our first full length. Yeah. And that'll be out next year. And uh, next year too, uh, the big plans are we're going to have our, our 10 year anniversary tour. So that's kind of really nice. cool. You know? um, so cool, I guess that's all a little bit of, this shameless self-promotion awesome. yeah we'll add all the links to the bottom of the podcast um yeah add, add the links yeah, yeah. you know um we try to just try to have a good time if you, you guys know, need uh, a pie shop show let us know yeah yeah I, definitely we, yeah. we like hit us up i know yeah. um like uh matt has uh, my number I do and, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I do. if you if you're ever if you're ever looking for a local you know uh the dirty rats would love to play cool you know i'd also love to play a uh, slash run i know you booked a pie shop but if you yeah. ever Cool. Um, just give me. A, I don't know if Slash word. Run has started having shows yet. Again. Yeah. Well, oh, really? They, I think they have. So the, 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 um, what's her name? Jen or oh, what the fuck's her name? I think, I think it is Jen. Yeah. yeah I think. She, I they opened up a second venue. Oh, really? Yeah. And I know Richie Ramone is playing there at the end of March. Hmm. Oh, okay. So what the fuck is it called? I don't know. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's a second venue um so yeah so slash run goddamn well, whatever but yeah it's a second venue which is good because that makes three venues now where punk rock bands who aren't on fat records can play <laughs> yeah because <laughs> in dc it's like the yeah. 9 30 club the black cat oh and yeah, and the, the pie cat. shop <laughs> and pie yeah, shop yeah, yeah that's yeah. about the it. pie shop's kind of elite too yeah no that's yeah. why uh, i've tried to play the pie shop for years but when you said that uh you you could probably get me in there one you know, day we, like, I, I really look forward to we that yeah we'll be doing a june them. show too that we're putting together so we could put you on that but definitely in, in on your tour in the fall if you want um yeah that'd be know. awesome yeah no that I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll run some dates i'd love to do it in the fall let us know what you date you need it, and we'll, yeah. ma we'll make a show around that date for yeah. you guys so yeah sure no yeah. that'd be that'd be amazing yeah cool yeah, yeah well, i look forward to it well thanks for coming on a lot yeah man, man. and uh, yeah so no much. thanks for having me um, you know this was, was, was fun uh i uh i look forward to seeing you in uh two weeks at the yeah, yeah blank 77 at, the, at the blank 77 oh, yeah. show and then awesome man looking looking forward to to your future as well man i see good things in your future yeah, yeah. you are you are a, a top-notch performer of you know <laughs> i know you've been on the road a lot i've been on the road a good amount myself and and seen some mm -hmm. people across this country across this world and uh you are a top-notch performer, so like, there's there's good things coming in your future, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, I mean that means a lot, you know, because 
it's just you you got to do this because you love it, you know. And I mean, yeah. you never know. Sometimes sometimes you feel like you're spinning your wheels, you know. Yeah. But like I said, you just gotta keep having something in your back pocket oh, yeah. and keep pushing, you know. Uh, and hopefully something will happen one day. Yeah, yeah. you know. Hey, you know, <laughs> you've got experience. Yeah, that's uh, that's you know, experience and memories are are what counts, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And for oh, yeah. and good relationships. It's yep. true, you know. It's true. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. It's that whole thing, like yeah, everybody you meet on the way up, you meet on the way down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely I, I, right. <laughs> and I, I always joke with people because, like, so many bands are like, I want to play in front of ten thousand people, at the stadium <laughs> or something, or whatever, fifty thousand people. And then I'm like, all right, then make fifty thousand friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then you'll have fifty thousand people yeah, to yeah. show up to see it. Oh yeah, yeah. damn straight. Awesome. It's a true statement if I've ever heard one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, dude. Well, we'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll hang out. Right on. Okay. Cool, Before we do it. All, All right. right. Later. All right, brother. Thanks for hanging out for another week. Be sure to check out punkboxrocks.com. That's punkboxrox.com for your monthly punk rock merch subscription service. And head over to merchslut.com for awesome official band t-shirts and rad accessories and other merch. Also, while you're waiting till next week, go check us out on all social media outlets at rbrainshurt and rbrainshurt.com. If you want to know up-to-date, awesome, whatever's going on on the show, I am most active on Twitter, me, Ron. Uh, go to Twitter and follow me at the Caffeine Punk, and follow Matt on Twitter at MattAlive13. That is all for now. We will talk to you guys next week. Be safe. How do I do this shit? I can still hear you. Uh, so what, what do I have to press? Close.